Okay. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing the praises of your name. Again it says, Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him the Gentiles will hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amazing. Well, hey there. Uh, my name is Max Brewer, and um, I'll just uh, open up the pipe. That's a good place to start, isn't it? Uh, let, let me give me a sec. There we go. Good place to start. Well, hey there again. Uh, my name is Max Brewer, and um, it is my honour and privilege uh, to get to open God's Word with you tonight. Wherever you are, at home or um, on a boat or at a farm or wherever you are, it is so good to be opening God's Word with you. I have a question. Uh, how long has been your longest friendship? The person who you've been friends with for the longest. How long has that friendship been? I love hearing stories about long-time, enduring friendships that have gone the distance, that have stood the test of time, that have weathered the storms, the ups and downs, and yet still are walking side by side. It's beautiful. And there's a, a kind of unity in that kind of friendship, isn't there? Well, my daughter, Lucy, uh, her great-grandmother, Christine, has been friends with Judy for, uh, well, since they were 11 years old. Here's a photo of them. <laughs> How incredible is that? Christine and Judy met in a ballet class just like this one and have been friends ever since. Even as they got married, had kids, moved interstate, so they're living in different parts of the country, became grandparents, Christine and Judy kept in touch. Here's a photo of them uh, on a holiday to Paris at 30, after 30 years of friendship. And to this day, they are still the best of friends. What an incredible example of unity. Walking through life, side by side, accepting each other through all seasons of life and sharing encouragement and care for each other. Can you think of a time uh, in your life when you have experienced or seen unity? And I mean a, a real deep 
acceptance of being welcomed in. Unity is beautiful, but when it comes to our community, our church, our society, sometimes I wonder, is unity possible? Well, in tonight's passage, as we will see, God is calling us, he is calling you to a radical unity within our community, a community of unity, if you will. (laughs) We look around, though, um, at the world, don't we? And it's not hard to see disunity, division, brokenness, broken relationships, and rejection. At the very heart of the human existence is a desire to be accepted. And yet so often we see the exact opposite. With COVID and lockdown in Australia, we've seen state leaders rivaling, pointing the finger, naming and shaming. And it makes me wonder, is unity possible? Or this week, the world has been horrified, as I'm sure you have, at the news out of Afghanistan. A nation in a power struggle, crumbling under disunity, stories of abuse, war, neglect. I saw this photo on the news. I'm I'm sure you've seen it as well. An Afghani uh, mom, I think there's another one of a dad as well, passing their babies up over the wall at the airport in Kabul. To a, to a Marine, a US Marine, trying to lift them to safety uh, in hope of something better. When I first saw that photo, it brought me to tears. It's so, it's surely we yearn for something better than this. Surely. Don't you want to live in a world where division is replaced by unity? Don't you want to live in a world where rejection is replaced by acceptance? Is unity possible? Well, that is our question for tonight. And so if you're taking notes, and I do encourage you to, not just for this sermon, but for any sermon, any any night at church, write down that heading. Is unity possible? And I love how Uh, God's word is so timely and so relevant, right? Like to hear God's plan uh, and blueprint for unity in a time when the world seems like there is just so much disunity. Here in tonight's passage, God gives us a blueprint of how to live in unity. So do have your Bible uh, open in front of you as we dive into tonight's passage in Romans chapter 15. This chapter that we're looking at comes from a letter sent by the Apostle Paul to the first century uh, Christian church in Rome. And they, like us, were asking this same question. Is unity possible? The church in Rome, it was made up of Jewish Christians and Greek Gentile Christians, they, they sort of non-Jews and Jews. And, and each group, they came from a different cultural background, a different spiritual background. They had different customs and practices. And as these two groups came together under the one roof to follow Jesus together, God was calling them to unity. 
And just as God was calling them to unity, so God is calling us to unity. Take a look at verse 7. It says, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. Or in verse 5, see how, God, uh, see how Paul is praying that they might have one mind and one voice. This week, while I was uh, prepping for tonight, my for tonight, my wife Kate uh, reminded me of some pretty incredible, cringeworthy photos of of me and one of my mates. Uh, me and Matt have been best friends um, since since high school, and and on more than one occasion, uh, we had a tendency to accidentally match outfits. Take a look. <laughs> These were never planned and always 100% pure chance, I tell you, maybe. We wore the same clothes, we had the same laptops, uh, I think we were even wearing the same backpack in this one, uh, we had the same kind of phone. Well, that's uniformity. But something that we also had uh, that the photos don't show was a shared perspective, a unity of focus. Me and Matt had a common desire to follow Jesus. And, and so we would pray for each other. We would forgive each other and we would put unnecessary disagreements behind ourselves. That's unity. God is not calling us to some kind of cultish uniformity where we wear the same clothes or buy the same laptops or have this, all the same interests or own the same car. But the kind of unity that God is calling us to is radical. It's more than just going to church together on a Sunday. And it's more than just being friendly to your friends. Just as the original audience of Jews and Greeks were to put aside their cultural differences as they followed Jesus, so we too are to have one mind and one voice, a, a unity of spirit, of purpose of perspective aimed at Jesus as we put other differences aside to follow him together. So how are we going to achieve that kind of unity? And how might we move towards the kind of, that kind of unity in our church and in our community? Well, first, we must be motivated by the right reason. Take a look from verse 5. It says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other. That's, that's unity. Verse 6, So that with one mind and with one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul tells us that our unity must be motivated by a desire to see God glorified. Unity is possible, but we must be motivated by the right reason. And that reason that drives us towards unity, it must be the glory of God. Our desire needs to be that when people look at us and they see that we love each other and they see the way that we accept one another, our desire needs to be that when they see that, they say, wow, their God must be so good. 
that Jesus guy must be something special. Because when I look around the world, there is so much disunity. But when I look at these people, I see something different. The glory of God. That is what must drive our desire for unity, to accept one another. Verse 7 puts it like this, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. That's our reason. That's our purpose. If we pursue unity, not for our own gain, but for God's gain, then unity will be possible. My daughter, uh, Lucy, is nine months old, just last Thursday. And, uh, and man, she is growing up fast. Before I was a dad, I, I used to think that parents were a little, a little nuts, a little cuckoo to be honest, uh, the way they would swoon over their kids. They get so excited, right? But man, I get it. Look, here's a photo of me. Like, that's a, that's a pretty excited face. Well, it's still early days, um, but in the last two weeks, Lucy has just started to crawl, and it makes me so excited. As I said, it's, it's still early days, and, and so I've noticed that she needs a little bit of motivation. Now, what do you think might motivate her to crawl? Maybe her favourite toy, uh, a ball, a rattle, uh, maybe a bottle of milk. She loves food. She loves milk. Maybe that would motivate her to crawl. One word, AirPods. (laughs) Nothing motivates Lucy to crawl like a set of Apple AirPods. Lucy will be chilling out on the ground and and you hold out a little set of AirPods and bam, she's on the move. She's obsessed. She's motivated by those AirPods. And when Lucy is motivated by the right thing, crawling is possible. Well, just like that, if we want to see unity, we must be motivated by the right thing. When we are motivated by a desire to see Jesus look good, To see God glorified, unity is possible. So how can we move towards unity? Well, first, we must be motivated by the right reason. But second, we need to be modelled on Christ. Take another look at that verse, verse 7. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you. How are we to live in harmony? By accepting people just like Jesus did, in the same way that Jesus did. You see, the good news of the Bible is that Jesus accepts you. Jesus wants to be in a relationship with you. And that relationship, that acceptance is based on nothing that you or I have done. Jesus' acceptance is unconditional. Time and time again in the gospel accounts, the accounts of Jesus' life, we, we see and hear Jesus spending time with the outcasts of the day. The tax collectors, the prostitutes, the, the sick, the poor. Verse 7 commands us, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you. Jesus' acceptance is also sacrificial. Jesus accepts you even to the point of death on a Roman cross to cover your sins and to take away your mistakes. 
God is calling us. He's calling you to radical unity and acceptance of one another. Acceptance that is just like Jesus. Unconditional. Sacrificial. Totally other person centered. Before starting as student minister here at St. Matt's, uh, me and Kate spent two years helping to plant a, a new church in Mossman. Some of you might know the story. But before we launched publicly, I remember this night at one of our, our team meetings. Uh, and there was this lady who, she saw the open door and, and she just wandered in. I'll call her Elsie. Elsie had a pretty rough life. For a long time, she had been battling with depression, mental illness, and addiction. I say this with no judgment at all, that Elsie didn't look like us. It would have been easy and natural to turn her away, to point her in the other direction. And can I be honest? That was my initial reaction. It's so easy to do what's easy, (laughs) to accept people that look like us and to reject those who don't. But to my absolute shame and yet relief, Elsie was totally other and yet the other people in that church, they said, you are welcome. We accept you. You are accepted here. And I mean real acceptance, unity across social class and life experience. Week after week, Elsie was welcomed into our community and became a real part of that real family. She wasn't just welcomed at the door and pointed to a seat. She wasn't just spoken to during G'day time for five minutes. Elsie experienced real unity and welcome as people accepted her, just like Jesus. So how about you? Do you accept others just as Jesus accepts you? With no condition? Sacrificially? Or do you find yourself in the trap that I was in? Easier to ignore and exclude. Maybe you're planning a a trip away uh, for post-lockdown, planning on going away with some friends. And it's easier just to invite your closest friends, isn't it? Is it perhaps time to extend your acceptance? If you're a believer, Jesus has accepted you. So hear God's words as he says to you, accept one another just as Christ accepted you. Not just with the easy people. Not just your friends. Not just when it suits or when you feel like it. Unity is possible, but it must be modelled on Christ. It's important to be real, though. And if we are going to take unity seriously, if that's something that we want to work towards, and I hope that it is, I hope that together we could work towards real unity in our community, then this is not Always going to be easy. No way. So how can we pursue unity in a way that is sustainable, that lasts, that goes the distance? 
We want unity, but we want unity that will last. And so point number three is that if our pursuit of unity is going to be sustainable, then we must rely on the Holy Spirit. Take a look with me at the start of our passage in verse 5. Paul prays for us that God will give us the same attitude of mind towards each other that Jesus had. This same attitude of mind, this unity is ultimately a gift from God. Do you see that? It says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind. It's a gift. And this gift that enables us to pursue unity in a sustainable way is the Holy Spirit. Take a look at at verse 13. As Paul prays that in all of this, as we pursue unity for the glory of God, that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are a follower of Jesus, then you have God's Holy Spirit in you. And as you pursue unity, the Holy Spirit will sustain you. Is it going to be difficult sometimes? Yes. But thank God that we have a God that, as it says in verse 5, gives endurance and encouragement. And in verse 13, fills us with joy and peace. You see, all the tools that we need to pursue unity and accept one another, God has given to you. I was telling you about my daughter, uh, Lucy, before. Well, as she's grown and and gotten bigger, uh, we needed to buy a cot. Uh, So pre-lockdown, of course, COVID safe, uh, we went out to my favorite shop, Ikea, and, and we bought one. And what I love about Ikea is that everything you need is in that box. They even give you that, that little Allen key, don't you? One times. So one, just one of those little Allen keys so you don't even need a screwdriver. Well, just like that, as you pursue unity and as you seek to accept one another, just like that, just like Ikea and my little Allen key, God gives you what you need. All the tools you need, God has given to you. Endurance, encouragement, And the Holy Spirit, God, gives us everything we need to pursue unity. So how can we walk and work towards unity? Well, on a practical level, check your motivation. We talked about that, didn't we? When we accept one another, we glorify God. Our unity pleases God. God and brings him glory. It makes him look good. And as part of that, it it shows to the world that your faith in Jesus means something. When you accept others, when you are pursuing unity, it says that your faith means something. So check your motivation. Are you motivated by God's glory or your own? Second, model your life on Jesus. Does the way you welcome people include people and, and seek unity? Does, does that reflect Jesus? Is it unconditional or is it uh, only, are you only interested in a relationship when it benefits you? And third, whose strength are you relying on? Putting aside differences and accepting one another can be difficult. Are you relying on your own strength? 
Or are you relying on God's strength that he gives you through the Holy Spirit? Pray to God. Ask him for endurance, his peace, his strength. Is unity possible? Well, I think we can say yes. Unity is possible when we are motivated by the right reason, when we are modelled on Christ and when we rely on the strength that the Holy Spirit gives us, unity is possible. Can I pray for you now that we together would seek unity for God's glory, just as Jesus did, accepting one another, relying on his strength? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that we would take your word seriously tonight. That as you command, we would listen. That we would strive to accept one another just as Jesus has accepted us. Lord, help us to always be motivated by the right reason. For your glory, that you would be glorified as we accept one another. And Lord, help us in our unity for it to look like Jesus looks accepting one another sacrificially, unconditionally. And Lord, we pray that uh, by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would give us the strength that we so desperately need, the endurance, the encouragement, the hope and the peace to push on when this gets difficult, when it's hard. Lord, help us always to accept one another. In Jesus' name, amen.